Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All righty, guys. It is time for another episode of the Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robertson, joined as always by my twin brother Andrew Robertson over in Portugal. Man, I know it's a little late for you over there in Portugal, man. So how you doing, Drew? Doing all right, man. You know, a little tired. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, grinding. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't want to be doing anything else. That's right, man. So. Obviously, man, as always, we want to remind you guys, before we get into the bevy of topics that we have for this week's college basketball slate, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you guys are subscribing to our podcast. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, make sure you guys are giving us a like, a rating. Make sure you guys are giving us a thumbs up, you know what I'm saying? Or if you see us on Twitter, give us a retweet. See us on Instagram, give us a like, give us a comment, man. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, as always, man, tell a friend, tell a friend about the auto bid, man. And, also, make sure you guys are streaming my guy, Pull Up Tay's music. That was him on the intro. You're going to hear him again at the end on the outro. So make sure you guys are streaming his music, man, his new project. Why Stop Now is out on all platforms, man. He's one of the hottest artists out of the DMV, man. So make sure you guys are tapping in to his content, man. It's going to be a fun episode, man. We got a, we got an exciting interview with uh, Desmond Claude, who is a uh, postgraduate right now at Putnam Science Academy, the newest Xavier men's basketball commit, man. That guy's a bucket. Right out of New Haven, Connecticut, man. And I don't know anything about New Haven basketball, man. You know, those guys are extremely tough, man. But, you know, Drew and I had to show love to our former PSA guys, man. Those guys are currently number one prep school in the country. So, got an interview with him coming up. Uh, like we said, man, newest Xavier Musketeers commit, man. So, going get, to get you guys over to an interview with him a little bit later. But first, man, we had a loaded slate of college basketball this weekend, man. And I know there were a bunch of upsets, a bunch of teams. You got some good wins. You got our... our what is it, week 12 rankings that just dropped this week, man? We're going to preview a little bit of those later. But first, man, we got to recap the action of the weekend, man. So I want to make sure that we, you know, go, go ahead and dive into the, some of the biggest wins. I know Drew got a bunch. So what was one of the, the most shocking wins for this weekend, man? And, you know, you know, uh, what team were we able to kind of move the needle uh, this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the biggest one for me personally, man, like you said, you know, there was a lot of games that, that took place over the last couple of uh, weeks since, you know, we, we were last on here doing a podcast. But the main one for me, man, was Missouri State uh, pulled off that upset, upset on the road over Lower Chicago, man. Um, it was an absolute treat, you know, being able to watch that game because Isaiah Mosley went absolutely berserk in that game, went for 40 points, eight rebounds. I mean, literally – put the team on his back. At one point, I think he he ran off like eight or ten straight points uh, during that game versus Chicago on the road, man. They're doing whatever they could to stop him, but to no avail, man. And, you know, during the game, man, they're they, they talking about this guy, man. I mean, his last five games prior to that 40 ball he had against Lord Chicago was 
of 43 points on 16 for 24 versus Northern Iowa, 33 points on 10 for 18 against Southern Illinois, 32 on 13 for 21 against Valparaiso, 24 on 7 for 11 field goals against Illinois State, and then 33 points on uh, 14 for 21. That was like during during the game against Los Chicago. Obviously, he finished up with, with 40 in that game. But, I mean, he's doing it at an extremely high level, at an extremely high efficiency rating as well. Um, not, not like he's, he's, he's you know, shooting the low percentage. I mean, he's extremely efficient, man. And he's a guy that can go and create his own offense, man. So, I mean, that was one of the games that – I mean, that, that was the biggest game I think stuck out for me, man, because obviously Los Chicago was the number one team, you know, in, in our poll last weekend. You know, they got upset uh, after, you know, honestly playing a few close games um, in the prior week, man. But, you know, Missouri State was finally able to get the best of them and hand them their, their first loss in conference play. Yeah, well, Chicago's been kind of playing with fire recently, man. I mean, they, they, they've kind of, you know, been been messing around because obviously they had that COVID pause, and they really haven't looked the same since, man. I mean, obviously they were able to get that win over San Francisco the first game out of pause. They were like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe it didn't affect them. They, then the next game after that, which was obviously they played San Francisco on Thursday, you turn around and have to fly back because they played them in Utah on a Thursday. They had to fly back, fly back um, to Chicago to play Bradley on a Saturday. That game went to overtime. Nearly lost that one. The next game after that, they played a Valpole squad that had been struggling. That game goes to double overtime. You play Indiana State, win by, win by 12. That was a game that was kind of going back and forth. They blow out Evansville, who was not very good this year. And then, obviously, it finally comes back to bite them versus Missouri State. They lose by 10. Um, so this team that had been kind of on the road, man, the thing that, that surprised me, that surprised me, but the thing that about Isaiah Mosley that reached out to me is that you mentioned his efficiency, but also he's he's elite at drawing fouls. I mean, this dude was a 9 for 11 from the foul line against Little Chicago um, in a game earlier where he had 33 against Summer Illinois. Uh, he was a 10 for 11 from the foul line. Game, um, obviously, the game before Little Chicago for Illinois State, 9 for 9 from the foul line. So he's getting there a lot, and he's knocking his – his free throw is down, you know what I'm saying? So that I mean, anytime you're getting ten points from the from the foul line, nine points from the foul line, um, that's that that's the main thing that can kinda of make those numbers skyrocket. I mean, you mentioned it. 43, 33, 32, 24, and then 40. I mean, he he, he looked like he like he tried to lead the country in scoring at, at this rate. If he keeps this up, man, but definitely a huge win for Missouri State. Isaiah Mosley is a guy that definitely um, I hadn't heard a lot about, and, and I had, he's, he's somebody that, you know, definitely is deserving of the attention that, he, that he's now getting, um, you know, after that winning with Lower Chicago. Now, for sure, man, I mean, shoot 90% from the line. So, I mean, when you shoot 90% from the line and you can score the efficiency that, that, he's, that he's scoring at, you, you, you're going to score a lot of points, man. I mean, he's shooting, like I said, 90, 90% from the line, and he's shooting 52% from the field. You know what I'm saying? So he's definitely, you know, one of those guys that's just hard to stop, especially when he, when he, when he gets going and uh, when he's confident, man. But the, the, the second game, I guess the, the second game headline for the week, man, was was Belmont, man. Belmont took, you know, a pair of tough losses, obviously, uh, getting blown out versus Murray State at home um, in a game where, you know, Murray State was on the road and wins 82 to 60. You know, Justice Hill pulls in 36 in that game, man. And then Belmont turns around and, and takes another loss to Moorhead State, 83-74, to 74, you know, to, to a Moorhead State team who is currently uh, undefeated in the OVC. They uh, were also able to get another one after Belmont over SIU. It was going to get the 6-0 and um, in conference play. And, I mean, they're, they're playing great right now, man. But, 
I mean, Belmont is a team that, you know, it's kind of a head-scratching head scratching week for them, man, because obviously they were a team that a lot of people entering the year had them as a, as a top five mid-major team in, in the entire country. Um, I mean, obviously, I still think they are, they are, they are one of the best teams, uh, mid-major teams in the country right now. Um, they dropped out of our poll in, in this week, but, I mean, that was definitely, you know, a, a surprising result, man. I didn't see those two coming for sure. Yeah, Belmont's a team that I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, all right, are we, are we, do we maybe have them ranked a little bit too high in coming into this year? Obviously, they got spanked by Ohio the first game of the year, you know, and they, they beat a bad uh, Evansville team. They beat Furman, who was a good team, in overtime. That was a really good game. Um, then they got absolutely destroyed by LSU. LSU hung 83 on them, and obviously LSU is a team that isn't even a great offensive team. You know what I'm saying? They're elite defensively this year. You know, Will Wade historically has been, you know, great offensive you know, great offensive team at LSU. But this year, the offense isn't as good as it's been in past years, and they're really guarding. Um, but they put up 83 uh, on Belmont. Then they go and they beat Drake, who was struggling at that point in the season. They beat Iona, uh, which looked like it's going to be ended up being a good, good win for them. But then you lose to Dayton in the championship game, and a week that Dayton was kind of playing his best basketball. And, you know, they, they beat Chattanooga, which was a good win, uh, beat St. Louis. But then now, obviously, beginning to January, and they lose. They get absolutely obliterated by Murray State on their home floor. And then they lose to Moorhead State um, in a rematch of last year's OVC championship game. Obviously, because Moorhead State uh, won the OVC last year over Belmont. Um, and I don't know, man. I think I think I think on Belmont, I'm just kind of obviously we dropped them out of our top 25 rankings this week. Um, I think there's a team that needs a timeout, man. You know, I'm not saying that they're a bad basketball team. They could very well end up back in this top 25 at some point in time. But at this point, at this point, I think they just have to kind of. Uh, redefine their identity, um, get back to doing what they were doing in the beginning of the year, executing offensively at a high level. Um, and then I think if they can pick up some wins here, I definitely can see them sneaking back into the top 25 pool, but definitely kind of taking a, taking a timeout on Belmont right now. For sure, man. I mean, another team that obviously had a, a great week, you know, outside of um, teams we've mentioned so far, man, is, is Boise State, man. I think they were probably the biggest risers in our poll. Uh, in, in this past week, I mean, they were, first of all, able to win a, an absolute rock fight over San Diego State, 42-37. Uh, and they were also able to get a win over Utah State. And, I mean, Boise State is playing some of the best basketball in the country right now. They're undefeated right now in the Mountain West. Um, and it looks like, I mean, the Mountain West, everybody knows about, you know, Colorado State at the top of that league, um, deservingly so. You know, they're they're playing amazing, uh, obviously, um, only having that, that, that one loss so far this year. Um, San Diego State is a team that people thought was, uh, you know, a great team as well. But, I mean, when you when you follow up, you know, a great win over Colorado State, you know, San Diego State obviously had that one a couple weeks ago. And then you put up 37 points in the game against Boise State. Um, you know, I'm not too sure, you know, uh, about about the, the sustainability of that, that team long term. But I think nonetheless, they will be an NCAA tournament team. I think they're, they're going to get in. But speaking of Boise, man, I mean, they're on a 12-game win streak right now. You know, 12-game win streak. They're sitting at 6-0 in the Mountain West. 15 to four overall, man. And I mean, they're playing great basketball right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. Obviously, you know, my Davidson Wildcats, you know, own the, the largest win streak in the country right now. Excuse me, longest win streak in the country at 15 games. But I mean, this team's won 12 in a row. And I know there's not a single team in the Mount West that wants to see this Boise State team right now. That's for sure, man. I think that's a testament to Leon Rice, man. The job that he's done. Obviously, Leon Rice, a guy, spent years and years with Mark Few at Gonzaga, man. And you know, learned a lot from from him over the years, man. We we see what we see what Tyree Lowe is doing over there at Gonzaga. We might have to talk about this. About this uh, Arizona. I mean, yes, at, at Arizona, might got to start talking about this. This is a, this a Mark Few coaching tree here, man. And obviously, we've seen Tashevsky and Jay Rice coaching tree not not looking too sweet uh, at, at this point in time, man. But 
you know, I think the job he's doing with this year's Boise State team is, is really admirable, man, because obviously they're a team that not a lot of people um, really expected too much from this year, honestly, man. I mean, obviously, you know, coming into this season, everybody thought that Colorado State was going to be really good, and they have been really good. And then San Diego State was a team that, you know, we always think is going to be good. I think they've kind of, they've kind of even exceeded expectations a little bit um, this season because obviously, you know, thinking about what they lost last year um, and then coming into this season, you know, seeing them, you know, beat the doors off of Colorado State the, the way that they did, man. And, but the thing with them, I, even, I, I talked about this with uh, with Sean Paul uh, earlier on the field 68. Um, you know, they're a team that, that if they don't make shots and they struggle, if they don't make shots and they're a team that's going to struggle um, to, to score, man. So, you know, for them, I think the biggest thing is going to be trying to find some offensive consistency. Um, you know, but for Boise, man, to lose a guy like Derek Austin last year, who was one of the best players, it did not be best players um, in the Mountain West last year, man. To have them, to, to have them, you know, back competing at, at the top of the Mountain West, man, is a testament to Leon Rice, man. So definitely want to give, give, give a shout out to him, man, for what he's been able to do with the Boise State squad um, in, in this early part of the season. For sure, man. And, you know, uh, I, I, like I said, man, there's been so many, so many big-time games, man. I think the next one up up uh, was the uh, UAB versus Louisiana Tech game. That was kind of the battle for Conference USA supremacy. You know, I picked Louisiana Tech to win that game. You, you went with UAB. Uh, UAB right. game, you know, you, you – yeah. I, I just want to say this while we're here. You lucky I don't drag you the way you try to drag me, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, look, you take every opportunity to try to drag me when I'm wrong. But when I sat up here and told you UAB was going to beat them boys, it was eh, 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 like. So He's I'm going to take a second to gloat, to be right, because I told you UAB was going to beat them boys. And they, went there, and they went there and took care of business. You're not right very often, you know what I'm saying? I mean, on, the, on this show, a lot, of the, a lot of debates, I'm usually right majority of the time. And nonetheless, it's not necessarily about the, the, the right or wrong. It's about, you know, how egregiously wrong you often are. Uh, CC Stetson Bennett. I mean, I mean, just the fact that you said, I don't think Stetson Bennett is going to be the quarterback to beat Nick Saban in that title game. He wasn't. He defense out that night. And won the national title game over Nick Saban. This shows because you could have picked better. They had an elite Campbell. defense. You could not go out and do anything like Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes made, this weekend. Mahomes won them the game. Josh Allen won or had his Buffalo Bills to win a game. Justin Bennett, Bennett wrote a great defense. That's not Who true. He made a game one touchdown. He made a game one touchdown. And he fumbled. And he fumbled. I'm going to get the game away. And then what he do? He responded. Responded. Drew him down the field. Hey, manager. He's Jimmy G. He's Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, man. Jimmy G don't got no ring. Stetson got a ring on his finger. Now he chip. Okay? But in, 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 in other news, like I said, uh, UAB was able to get that win. Jordan Walker, Jelly fan Jordan Walker, uh, was able to go for 36 points in that one, man. And, hey, man, Conference USA is going to be exciting, man. Louisiana Tech, UAB, North Texas is, is, is up there. They're all at 6-1. and one. So, I mean, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a fun, fun race to see who ends up winning that league, man. I think all three of those teams uh, are capable of winning the league. Obviously, North Texas was, was – was, um, was uh, the, the, the tournament representative last year out of Conference USA. Um, and even when we were able to get a win in, in, in the NCAA tournament. So I think that you definitely can't sleep on them. But uh, nonetheless, man, big-time game out of Conference USA. Yeah, man. And they're all in the same division in Conference USA. Like, they're all in that, in that Conference USA West. So they're going to see each other, you know, all year. And, and I think the winner, the whoever comes out of that Western Conference, obviously the Conference tournament is going to end, end up, end up determine, determining who comes out of that league. But, you know, if you look at UAB, 16-4, Louisiana Tech, 15-4, North Texas, thirteen and four, and all you know, all the guys sitting at 
sixty and one in league play. I mean, you can't really say enough uh, about those three teams in Conference USA, man. I think you know the East, obviously. Um, you know, FAU is at four and two, but they're they're, they're nowhere near you know as good as UAB, Louisiana Tech, or North Texas, man. So I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun race to see you know who who gets that one seed because you want to avoid playing those guys in, in the semifinals because if you if you if you're um, you're a two seed. You're gonna have to go. You might have to mess around. If you're a two seed, you might have to mess around and play UAB and then Louisiana Tech. You know, back to back. Whereas if you get the one seed, you can maybe draw like a Rice or something like that, or um, even an FAU or a, or a Charlotte or a Middle Tennessee. And Charlotte obviously is a, is a good team as well with Jameer Young over there, who we had on the podcast. If you want to go back and look at his episode, but um, yeah, man, it's gonna be a fun finish uh, to that CAA regular season conference race, man, because those three teams are all very, very good. Yeah, man, Commerce you would say is definitely going to be uh, a fun conference to watch, man. I want to ask you a question, though, man, because you had a chance to, to witness a game on MLK Day in, in Howard in Notre Dame, man. Uh, after the game, obviously, we had some 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 great quotes from Mike Bray and Kenny Blinken, man. But talk about that game, you know, what, what, what your takeaways were from that game and kind of what the atmosphere was like there on uh, MLK Day. Yeah, that, that game was absolutely unbelievable, man. I mean, I, I was debating kind of what game I was going to go to because there were a bunch of games in, in the DMV that day. Uh, it was obviously Howard Notre Dame. Uh, GW and George Mason was also playing right down the street in, in, in Washington, D.C., obviously in the in a little battle. Was it the Patriot, the Patriot battle or, or something like that or Colonial battle or Colonial war, something like that. They had some little name for, for a little battle. But um, and that ended up being a really good game because GW ended up erasing a 13-point deficit uh, to come back and beat uh, George Mason. And they were without um, two of their starters in that game. Brittany Lindo was out in that game, and so was um, Braylon Adams in that game. And they were still able to um, to get a win in that one. So, um, But anyway, in any event, I'd like to go to Howard Notre Dame, man. And that game was absolutely unreal, man. It was on MLK, uh, on MLK Day, man. Fox Sports games you had. The whole crew and I was I was heartbroken, man, because Gus Johnson was supposed to call that game. I think Gus Johnson is a, is a Howard alum. It's crazy. I, I have uh, I literally get a picture of uh, his little corner to the Gus's corner on, on his radio broadcast where he where he first kind of started doing his radio broadcast so so long ago. Um, and obviously uh, they ended up they ended up having to replace him. But man, it was it was a great atmosphere. You had, had Steve Lavin was there um, and uh, the whole Fox Sports crew, man. It was awesome. And then the game. The game was amazing, man. I mean, Kenny Blakeney, uh, I can't say enough about the job that Kenny Blakeney had done um, with this Howard program, man. Obviously, he took over one of the one of the worst jobs in the country uh, when he first got it, man. Obviously, it was, it was a struggle for them year one, you know, trying to kind of change the culture. He had a lot of, you know, turnover from that last staff and a lot of players that, you know, he didn't recruit. But then, obviously, year two, he gets McCurr Maker to go there and, and makes national headlines. And obviously, um, you know, they had a huge – Huge, huge um, issue with COVID last year. Ended up shutting the season down. McCurr only played like two or three games or something like that for Coppin. I mean, for uh, for Howard last year. And then this year, you know, obviously they, they get Steve Settle back, um, who's a redshirt sophomore. They got Elijah Hawkins, the freshman from Demantha Catholic, who's absolutely outstanding. Kyle Foster is one of the best shooters in the MEAC. And this is after they lost. Um, what's my man in that just committed to Georgetown? Um, uh, rookie, he was, he was, I think, rookie in the MEAC. Wayne Bristol. Wayne Bristol. He was the rookie of the year in the MEAC. His first, first freshman year sat out last year in the COVID season. Uh, and they lost him about a week or two before the season because he was, he was, you know, essentially, you know, going to be arguably their best player this year, man. They lost him. And I had an opportunity to obviously see Howard last night against Coppin, man. And, you know, but, you know, Howard has done it. Howard 
gave Notre Dame everything that they could handle on that on that day, man. Mike Bray's team uh, obviously was was you know they were supposed to play last year, you know, during COVID, but um, you know that that game ended up getting rescheduled because because of Howard's long pause. We mentioned, man, and they played this year. The packed environment at the Burman students came out, you know, and uh, Notre Dame DMV native uh, Prentice Hub got a layup at the buzzer. Um, to give Notre Dame a win over Howard, man. But the atmosphere was amazing. After the game, I had an opportunity to talk to both Kenny Blakeney and Mike Bray. Mike Bray spoke ex- extremely highly of, of Kenny Blakeney and the job he'd done at Howard, man. And, um, it was it was awesome, man. So if, if you haven't or if you haven't got a chance to check that content out, definitely go to our Twitter page, man. Because uh, the the quotes that I had from Mike Bray and Kenny Blakeney, man, were truly truly inspiring and 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 great content, man. So great 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 place to be. One of the most fun games that I've been through this, this season, without a doubt. Sure, man. For sure, man. Definitely was was great to see, man. Uh, ACC school, man, in in the gym, in the MEAC, man. But pushing gears a little bit to a couple of teams on some win streaks, man. I mentioned, you know, my Davidson Wildcats who are now on a 15 game win streak. You know, after getting a big time win over VCU um, earlier in the week, and then obviously, you know, following up with another win over Fordham. Uh, granted, you know. That was a close one. That was a close one in, in that game. But nonetheless, they did get it done. They did get it done 15 games in a row, man. But no team that's on the win streak, man, is Princeton, man. They've won 10 games in a row, and they continue to win, man. They were able to get a win over Brown, 76-74, win over Penn, 74-64, and then win over Dartmouth, 84-80, man. They continue to roll in the Ivy League. Uh, like I said, Jalen Williams has returned from, from injury. I want I don't want to mispronounce his name, but uh, Tosan – Ooh, go ahead with this one. Ev, 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 Ev Bowman, I think it's like you see, I'm going to look that one up, man. But, I mean, he's playing like the Ivy League player of the year, man. He goes for 19-7 and seven against Dartmouth, man. And, and Princeton is, again, man, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to see, you know, that 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 game against Yale. I mean, obviously, Yale took a tough loss to uh, to Penn uh, over the weekend. But I think, man, so far, man, Princeton has definitely separated themselves from the rest of the teams in the Ivy League, man. And they're looking like, you know, they're going to be – a force to be reckoned with, man. We'll see if they can uh, extend their win streak, you know, saying to, to catch, you know, Davidson or boy, some of these other teams, man. But, I mean, they're playing great basketball right now. Yeah, man. You play, excuse me, you play. Preston, Preston definitely is, is, is you know, catching people's attention, man. I'm, I'm not as high on them as some people are. But if they beat Yale, then, then that will change, man. I, I think I just right now have a lot of respect for Yale. And obviously they took a tough loss to Penn. But Penn is obviously a, a team that was playing extremely well earlier in the year, especially down, down in that – um in that Charleston Classic, man, and, you know, they're, they're just now kind of starting to get back to, you know, their their form, uh, you know, the, that we saw kind of early. You had an opportunity to see them versus Towson in the game right after they, they, they left that Charleston Classic, man, and Towson got them good, and Towson uh, ended up winning that game kind of going away, man. But Penn, um, Penn's a good team, man. So I'm interested to see that it's, it's Yale and Princeton game um, this weekend, man, because I think if Princeton beats them, then I think they will, they will really have my attention and they'll really be able to catch um, – you know, cut the attention of, of, of a lot of people nationally as well, man. But definitely looking forward to that game. And, you know, Princeton, you know, anytime you can win, you know, 15 games in a row, man, no matter who you're playing, it's definitely special. So uh, de- definitely props to them. For sure, man. And, you know, I think, you know, we've got to mention this, man, because this is a, a guy who we've had on the auto bid. Uh, we had him on the auto bid last year, man, the A-Sun Player of the Year in 2021. Has been on an absolute tear. He's gotten even better from his A Sun Player of the Year year last year, um, and that's Darius McGee, man, in, in Liberty, man. I mean, the man went off for forty eight points in a win over FGCU. Followed that up 
with a win over Jacksonville. He was for 27, six for nine from three. I mean, this guy's an absolute flamethrower, man. And um, it looks like he's going to run away with a, a son player of the year again. Just because of the way he's been scoring the ball, man, shooting the ball from three, man. But I had to mention him, man, because he definitely deserves his flowers. He's had two 40 balls here, two hours. You mentioned the 48.1 um, that they had against FGCU. Day near 50. We might got to call that 50. I mean, uh, one buck away from 50. <laughs> then he gave, he gave Stanford 41 to Harway. And I watched that game uh, down there down there in Hawaii. And that was the other one when, uh, when COVID was wreaking havoc on everybody. So those were literally like that Hawaii airline diamond head classic. Those were the only games that were going on in the country at that point in time. It seemed like everybody was, was kind of on pause, man. And he obviously ended up losing that game, man. But he was doing whatever he wanted with, with, with Stanford guards, man. And obviously, it's a Pac-12 team, man. And uh, Darius McGee, man, is, is one of the most exciting scorers in the country, man. He's averaging 23 points per game right now. Um, and then I, mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Liberty doesn't have the depth of the, that they haven't had it had in past years, man. But he's, I mean, last year he was, he was at 15 and a half points a game, and he won the ASM Player of the Year. He's at 23 a game right now. So I don't know how you can kind of give it to anybody but him. And that they're back to winning, man. They, they were looking a little shaky earlier in the year. Uh, I think they're kind of figuring out, you know, uh, um, a lot of role allocation, man. Because obviously it's tough, you know, you know, with, with the turnover that, that, that they had from last year this year, man. But they're now four and zero in the Atlantic Sun, thirteen and six overall, and looking like they're kind of being able get starting to turn that page. Um, and, and, you know, Richie McKay's obviously been, been you know, an outstanding coach over the years, man. He's done a great job this year. And they're really starting to, to kind of, you know, come into form here now, you know, have, have won five straight games. Yep. Man, it was a hectic week in the WAC. Hectic week in the WAC, man. Both Grand Canyon and New Mexico State got upset by none other than Sam Houston State, man. We have to give them some credit, man, because, I mean, they, they like I said, they, they knocked off – both Grand Canyon and New Mexico State. I mean, originally Grand Canyon lost to Stephen F. Austin, seventy-one to forty-six. They got they got their head absolutely obliterated by Stephen F. Austin by almost thirty by twenty-five points. Um, but you know, originally Sam Houston beat them first, beat them fifty-eight fifty-six, and then you know they also dismantled New Mexico State seventy-one to forty-six. Man, Savion Flag uh, had twenty-two points in that game, in the win over New Mexico State. Man, obviously, some of you guys might remember Savion Flagg from his days in the SEC playing at Texas A&M. I mean, he was a, a contributor and a starter in the SEC last year for Texas A&M and Buzz Williams. And right now, he's leading Sam Houston State in scoring right now at 19 points per game and rebounds per game at just over seven rebounds per game, man. And he has them looking like you know, they might be the best team in the WAC. I know a lot of people have been talking about – in. Us, including at off back here, we talked a lot about New Mexico State all year. We've had Grant Canyon in our poll for the last few weeks, man. But, I mean, I think this week, Sam Houston State made a statement, you know, that, that they are certainly going to be a contender in the WAC. You know, man, the WAC is, is, is going to be a lot of fun, man. I mean, Sam Houston, like you said, 7-1. and one. Um, Seattle is currently still undefeated at 6-0 and in the WAC. New Mexico State at 5-1. and one. Grant Canyon at 4-2, and two, man. I mean, the expansion of, of this league has done them – you know, great wonders, man. And obviously, you know, um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think I'll still put New Mexico State as the favorite in that league. But San Houston State is certainly a team that you're going to have to watch. They have a lot of high major transfers in this league, man. You mentioned Shady Young playing at San Houston State. Teddy Allen at New Mexico State, man. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that kind of, you know, were contributing. Obviously, we, we, we watched Teddy Allen at, at Nebraska last year. It was cooking when he came down, down to Maryland, man. And uh, obviously, he's, he's you know, doing his thing at New Mexico State now, man. And, Teddy on flag is a starter, double figure scorer in the SEC, man. He's wreaking absolute havoc at San Houston State, man. So 
it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to finish in a lot of these mid-major leagues, man. And, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun finish uh, in the whack for sure, man. But definitely got to get some music some props for the week that, that, uh, that they put together. Now for sure, man. I'm switching gears a little bit to, to the SOCOM, man, where Chattanooga had an interesting week, man. They 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 lost to Western Carolina 70-59. Um, but then they were able to rebound and get a big win over Furman 71-69. Um, and then another win over UNC Greensboro 72-64, man. David John Baptiste, who who was, you know, one of the better players, was I don't know if it was academically ineligible. He missed some games, but you know, he returned uh in, in his back in lineup, man. But I mean, Malachi Smith is looking like he could be a, the, the SOCOM player of the year, man. I mean, went for 33-9 and nine, uh, in, in a loss to Western Carolina, but then followed that up with 21 points uh, and nine rebounds and the win over Furman and 22 points and six rebounds and the win over USCG, man. He's absolutely, you know, carrying his Chattanooga team right now um, and, and really kept them afloat uh, when John Baptiste went out, man. And obviously, you know, they also have Silvio D'Souza, our guy Josh Ianni, man. I mean, Chattanooga is looking like, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to miss a beat, man. I think, you know, for me, I think they're, they're definitely the team to beat um, in the SOCOM right now. Yeah, man. I mean, Matt Kai Smith is, is not only one of the best players, you know, in the SOCOM, but in my opinion, he's one of the best players in the country, regardless of the level, man. I mean, this dude can flat out score, can, can fill it up, man. 6'4", you know, 205, good size for a guard, man. Averaging, you know, almost 22 points a game uh, right now for, for, for uh, Chattanooga. Shooting 50% from the floor, 42 from three, and 82% from the foul line, man. Also, Six rebounds and three assists a game, man. Chattanooga has two, two of the best guards in the league, man. They might have the best backcourt in the league now that John Baptiste is back. Obviously, you know, he, he's got his averaging 15 a game for them, man. The Sousa is giving you about 12 and 7 a night, man. And, you know, they're extremely talented, man. I mean, they're, they're one of the best mid-major teams in the entire country, man. We got them, you know, 19 in this week's poll. Um, but they're a team, man, that if they, if they come out of the SOCOM, man, you do not want to see them uh, on your side of the bracket if you're a high major, man, because they have a lot of guys – um, that can, that can like, put the ball in the hoop. Man, obviously, you got like the Susu who's played, you know, 100, 100 maybe so, so or so games and in the Big 12 with, at Kansas, man. So, you know, they're going to be a team that's going to be a potential giant killer uh, here once we get to March, man. I'm not, I'm not selling my stock yet on Furman, man. They did, they did let me down in a, few, in a few instances this year, man. Obviously, you know, lost to Chattanooga, but they've quietly won five of their last six games. They, you know, they, they beat UNCG, beat Mercer, beat ETSU. Then they lost to Chattanooga. Then they rebounded and beat Western Carolina, who beat Chattanooga. Uh, then they got a good win, a big win by 25 uh, over Wofford, man. So they're kind of coming into form as well. They're only one game back right now of Chattanooga in the so-called right now at 6-2. and two. Um, So I'm definitely not, not selling my stock on Furman and Bob Ritchie yet, man, because they are extremely talented as well. Um, I, I think the loss um, – the loss of um, uh, Noah Gurley, who actually transferred, transferred there and went to Alabama now, is having a, a great year for Nate Oates in Alabama. It's going to hurt them a little bit. But Mike Bothwell um, is, is having a great year at 16, 16 points a game, four rebounds, three assists. Jalen Slauson is, is taking a big step this season. He's had about 15 and eight with about four assists a game. Alex Hunter, 15 points a game, man. I mean, I, I think those guys are going to be um, – are, are going to be – are definitely going to be um, – Right there, right there. When we talk about you know the SoCon in the year, man. I've been on this, fir- this firming wave for a while, man. And um, obviously, Chattanooga is definitely the favorite, man. But I definitely um, would not would not count firming out just yet. Yeah. Switching gears, man, to, to to three programs who have kind of dominated their league uh, in recent history, man. That's Iona, Vermont. In South Dakota State. Uh, starting with South Dakota State, they were able to get a win over Western Illinois, 93-75. They are now 8-0 in the Summit League. Uh, obviously, they're a team that, you know, um, 
has been in our top 25 poll majority of this year. The team that, you know, a lot of people have, have you know, pinned as, as a team that can win a game, you know, in, in the NCAA tournament and, and definitely pull off an upset. Um, Iona is, you know, Iona, man, or the eight and on the Mac right now. Um, you know, our, our Quinnipiac Bobcats had been on a, a three-game win streak after coming off that win over Ryder. You know, our guy Kevin Marfo had 16 points, 17 rebounds, man. And, you know, Iona kind of stopped that ship in his tracks. Um, they also obviously – Got a win over Manhattan in this band, which is, you know, obviously, you know, Ace is, 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 is probably the, not probably, is the, the biggest rivalry in the MAC. And they were able to get a win over Monmouth, 80, uh, excuse me, they were able to get a win over Monmouth in, in, in overtime. Uh, and again, honestly, Monmouth should have won, honestly. And they missed some, some key free throws down the stretch at end of regulation that definitely cost them the game, man. But, you know, Iona always finds a way to win, man. But last thing I have to mention, man, is, is Vermont. I mean, I mentioned Iona, you know, in, in South Dakota State. You know, Iona's kind of squeaking by a little bit in the MAC. They've had a lot of close calls and, and, and near losses. Maris was one of them. Uh, we just mentioned Monmouth. Um, you know, but Vermont is a team that's actually doing the exact opposite. They're falling over right now in the American East, and they're absolutely obliterating teams. I mean, over the first – excuse me, they're 5-0 in the American East. And over the five games, their average margin of victory is 20 points per game. I mean, this is including a 98-65 win – over Stony Brook, 86-69 uh, win over UMBC, who in the beginning of the year, UMBC and Stony Brook were like, all right, man, it's going to be UMBC, Stony Brook, and Vermont. Those are the three teams that are going to be competing for this, you know, American East title, man. And, I mean, they absolutely blew both of those teams out of the water, man. And it looks like it's like Vermont and, and three or four tiers and then everybody else in the league, man. When you're averaging 20 points, um, you know, margin of victory, man, it's, it's definitely some uh, not to be taken lightly, man, but you know, all three of those programs are, are, are looking like um, they're trending very much toward, you know, getting that automatic bid uh, for the for the respective conference. Obviously, you know, last season let to be played, um, but, you know, those three teams are all off to uh, unblemished starts in conference play. You know, for sure, man. I think, you know, when we look at those three teams, all those teams have had a lot of success, um, you know, in their respective conferences, man. And obviously last year, South Dakota State was the favorites to come out of the summer league, but uh, Oral Roberts and Max A. Smith and Kevin O'Banner, you know, kind of took the world by storm and went on well on the improbable run in the Sweet 16, man. But, you know, that South Dakota State team brings everybody back. And, and obviously Oral Roberts lost Kevin O'Banner in Texas Tech. So, I mean, they're going to be a team oh, that – you said, well, by the way, had 17 points last night at Kansas. Ball yeah, over there. Yeah, been cooking. I mean, I, I think it was, it was that, that was a great fit for him, man. And, you know, obviously – um. Or Roberts kind of taking a step back as a result, as, as you would expect. You know, you, you lose a, a guy that's, you know, impacting impacting games in the Big 12. You, you know, you would expect that that's a hurt or Roberts, man. But South Dakota State is a team that, that you know, is, is going to be dangerous in March. But the team that I, I'm looking at, man, is Vermont, man. I had the opportunity to see them earlier this year. And, and um, when they played play down here in Maryland, man, they are extremely talented, man. The way that they are obliterating teams is, is absolutely disrespectful, man. And anytime you're beating conference teams by 20 points per game, like, that's wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they, they beat the brakes off Stony Brook, and that's the second-best team in the league. Stony Brook only has one loss, and it's two Vermont. Um, and then after you got a couple two-loss, three-loss teams, man, but there is absolutely no doubt that Vermont is the best team in that league, man, and, and it's not close, obviously. And, and they've showed that in the game that, that they've played, you know, thus far, man. But obviously, Iona, Rick Pitino, the head coach over there, man, and – you know, they only got went over Alabama, who at the time was, I believe, a top 10 team in the country. Um, they only got three losses on the season. Uh, one of them was to Kansas. Uh, one of them was to Belmont. And the other one was to St. Louis, man. So they're going to have opportunity to – I don't think they'll lose the match home. If they do, man, 
Tito's been putting the pressure on the NCAA, man. I know you've been, I know you've been seeing the seeing his tweets, you know, on social media, man, and with the with the atrocity that is the ACC and the atrocity that is uh, the Pac-12 and the atrocity that is the American Athletic Conference, man. There's gonna be some bids out here to be had, man. So Iona can mess around and, and get and and play them themselves into an at-large bid if, if they keep winning, man. But I don't like these squeakers, man. I don't think they're going undefeated in the MAC either. So. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But all three of those teams are going to be teams that you do not want to see on on your side of the bracket once we get to March. Now, for sure, man, for sure, man. I want to I want to get your opinion on another game that you had opportunity to see uh, with a CAA showdown, man, between you know the, the two best teams in the CAA at, at that time, man, which was Towson and UNC Wilmington. Obviously, UNC Wilmington was able to come away uh, with the win, 81-77, man. Uh, Shaquem Phillips had 18 points and five rebounds in that one, man. But just talk about that game. Uh, talk about what you saw from, from from both teams, man. And did you leave that arena thinking that UNC Wilmington is the best team in the CAA? Listen, for about 25, 30 minutes, I would I, I would have said yes. Like I would have said Towson is the best team in the CAA because they were dominating that basketball game, man. I mean, defensively, the thing the thing with me about Towson, man, I've had an opportunity to see them about five times this year. I saw them against Monmouth earlier in the year again, and Monmouth came in there and and, and Almost really blew him out uh, early early in the season, man. And I saw him against UPenn, saw him against UNCG, um, and I've seen him against Hofstra now, uh, Delaware, and College of Charleston. I mean, excuse me, Hofstra, College of Charleston, and now versus UC Wilmington. And the thing, the thing about about college, about Towson, obviously, we we we've watched them through the years, man, and their identity has always been defense and rebounding, and they've been one of the toughest teams in the CAA. And um, this year. They still defend, they still rebound, but they're shooting the crap out of the ball, man. I, I actually did a story about Towson, man. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure you check out um, that, that story, man. It's on our website, allfactsmediainc.com. I already dive into some numbers um, this year. Towson, before that UNC Wilmington game, was the best offensive team in, 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 uh, in Kempom in the CAA and the best defensive team in the, in the, in the CAA per Kempom. But UNC Wilmington came in there, came in there and, and it got to a point in the second half, Towson took a 13-point lead with about 15 minutes to go. And Wilmington just said, you know what, F this. You, you got too many unathletic white guys on the court, and we're just going to take you guys off the balance one-on-one. And obviously, you know, Saquon Phillips was a guy that completely took advantage of his matchup. Uh, Jason Gibson was in foul trouble trying to guard him. Antonio Rizzuto was trying to guard him, man, and it, it wasn't working out, man. Um, and he, he kind of took that took that game over and ended with the game with 18 points. Twelve of those came in the second half, um, and they were able to come out of there with a win, man, and, and they came back um, from from, from – but that would be deficit in the second half, man. But they were able to steal one for the second straight game because they, they went on the road to James Madison uh, the game before that and was down 13 um, late in the second half. I want to say maybe like 12 minutes ago or something like that. And Jalen Sims hit a game winner uh, to, get, to get the net win at James Madison on, on a three. They were down two. He drew the three to give him a one-point win um, at the buzzer over James Madison. Then they come to Towson and win a game in overtime um, over Towson, man. And, they're a team that's going to be dangerous, man, because they they are they are really good offensively, man. Obviously, talked about Jalen Sims, the hero of the Jalen Madison game, man, and he he didn't even shoot it well versus Towson, man. I think I want to say he was like two for two for twelve or something like that. He was two for thirteen from the floor versus Towson, um, but he was eleven of twelve from the foul line, man. He's so good getting downhill and, and getting and getting you know forcing forcing uh, teams to foul him. He ended the game with fifteen points. Eleven of them came at the foul line, man. The next game, after they went to Northeastern. He had 18 points, seven of eight from the foul line. You know what I'm saying? So they have, and obviously we mentioned Michael Quaru, the the changer from Florida man. He's you know ha- quietly having a great year for them, averaging just under 12 a game for them, man. And they have three of the best guards in the league, man. And Michael Quaru, Jalen Sims, and Shaquille Phillips, man. All those guys can can create their own shot off the bounce. 
think with them, they aren't very big. So, you know, when you face a team like a Delaware that has a, D- a Dylan Painter who, who's transferred in from Villanova, and even a team like Towson was really great on the glass with a guy like Charles Thompson and, you know, Chase Parr coming in after that. Um, I, I think that's their one weakness that, that I, I, that I kind of just wonder about them. But great guard play. Takeo Siddle has, has done a great job with that program. And obviously they were picked ninth in the CAA this year, man. And Towson was picked eighth. And those two are currently sitting at the top of the league. Um, Wilmington at 6-0 with a two-game cushion on Towson at 6-2. And, and the next you have uh, Hofstra's at 4-2. Um, so it's going to be a fun race in CAA, man. I mean, Towson's really good. UNC Wilmington's really good. Uh, Delaware is 5-3. and three. They're really good. Towson just beat them. Uh, bounced back a huge bounce back win on the road uh, on on Monday against Delaware. Man, they're gonna see they're gonna see uh, Delaware again on Thursday. That's a game that, that I'll be at. So a huge game, really for Delaware, man, because you don't want you don't want to fall two games back getting swept by Towson uh, with four losses. Um, so a lot of basketball basketball left to be played in the CAA. But um, I've loved what I've seen from from UNC Wilmington and from Towson, and it's gonna be a fun finish in, in, in that league for sure. Yeah, man, definitely excited to see how that one ends, man. But, you know, we've done a lot of recapping uh, for these games, man. Um, I want to kind of move on to to the, the rankings for this week, man. Obviously, we dropped a new top 25 on Twitter. For those who haven't seen it, man, make sure you guys go check it out, man. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll read them off to you here, man. We have a new number one. You know, Murray State has taken over the crown as a top mid-major team in the country right now, man. They're sitting at number one. Colorado State's at number two. North Chicago comes in at three, BYU four, Davidson five, Iona six, Boise State jumps all the way up to seven this week. Uh, San Diego State is eight, St. Mary's nine, UAB 10, San Francisco 11, Ohio 12, North Texas 13, South Dakota State 14, Wyoming 15, St. Bonaventure 16, Louisiana Tech 17, Princeton 18, Chattanooga 19, Mexico State 20, Missouri State 21, Wagner 22, Vermont 23, UNC Wilmington 24, and Toledo 25, man. So I those, you know, I was making it. We mentioned UNC Wilmington who was new to the poll. I believe Vermont has been in the poll earlier this year, man. But I got to talk about Toledo, you know, because they made a statement this week, you know, getting an 87-69 win over Ohio, man, who's a team that obviously owns a win uh, over Belmont earlier this year, man. And, a lot of people thought, you know, or certainly saw that Ohio was going to repeat after what they did last year, um, you know, winning game in the NCAA tournament and nearly getting, getting to Sweet 16 with Jason Preston. But, you know, Toledo seems like they're going to have something to say about that, man. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in the other MAC, you know, the other MAC that's, that's you know, not as uh, as superior as the, the, the New England MAC. But, you know, nonetheless, man, uh, what are your takeaways, you know, from, from the rankings this week? Yeah, man, I, mean, I think we mentioned Toledo, man. We 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 had – this was definitely the most difficult ranking that we've done this season, man, because there were a lot of teams um, that were really deserving of, of being in this, in this week's ranking, man. Toledo's a team that, you know, I, I passively, you know, look, looked at last year as well um, because they were a team that, that can really score the ball, man. And the same thing is true for them this season, man. I mean, they have currently four guys averaging double figures right now. And over their last – over five – I mean, they hung 87 on Ohio, beat them by 18 – Put up 83 on Ball State, 91 on Bowling Green, 75 against Miami of Ohio, 94 against Northern Illinois, 82 against Central Michigan, man. So this this team is going to go out there and put the ball in the hoop, man. And, you know, anytime you can do that, man, that is extremely, extremely dangerous, man. And you know, obviously Ryan Hollins right now, after nearly 20 a game for them, five rebounds a game with almost four assists, uh, shooting 48% from the floor, 35% from three, and 83% from the free throw line, man. And, 
you know, I, I think the Ninja team, with, with how good they are offensively, you know, they're, they're, they're currently playing playing Buffalo. So by the time this thing airs, uh, we'll have a result there. But, you know, Toledo's a team that, that I think, uh, you know, has, has earned it, man. I mean, they're sitting right now um, at the top of the mat uh, at, at seven and one right now um, in that league, man. And, you know, I just love love the way the way that the, the they can do offensively, man, and how how explosive that, that they are uh, scoring the ball. They've won six in a row, man. So we had to reward them uh, and, and sneak them into this week's poll at twenty five. Yeah, man. I mean, another team that we had we had debated that debated over. Excuse me, Atlanta was, was Moorhead State, man. And, and their their case, man. I mean, they're they're currently undefeated in the OVC. Obviously, we we mentioned they they got the big time win uh, over Belmont. And, um, you know, they were just on the outside looking in, man. Another team that had got dropped from the poll this weekend was Oakland. You know, they had a big-time win over Cleveland State, you know, 70-65. You know, but then they suffered their first loss uh, to Milwaukee. And then league play was a team that had obviously been, you know, underwhelming. People thought that they were going to be a lot better, obviously, with Patrick Baldwin Jr. over there. He's been out recently. But um, they take their first loss to Milwaukee, man, and, and uh, dropped out of this week's poll. Um also, San Francisco, they kind of had a tough week, man, when you run into Gonzaga and BYU. You know, they, they lost BYU by two in a tough game, 71-69, uh, then lose to, to Gonzaga, 79-62. Um, but we're able to win, uh, get a rebound win over, over Pepperdine, which is kind of a, a gimmick win right now. They don't have any wins right now in WCC play. But, um, you know, nonetheless, man, uh, they, they had kind of a rough go recently, but, you know, I still have a lot of faith. Uh, in that San Francisco team, man. And, and I'm hoping that, that they can kind of, you know, at, in this, you know, perfect world with this four-bit WCC, man, I want, you know, hopefully if San Francisco can, can avoid losses to teams that aren't named Gonzaga, BYU, and St. And, uh, Mary's, now I think that that uh, they're, they're still in good shape, man. So nonetheless, they didn't drop too far in this week's rankings. Um, they still have a lot of faith uh, that, that, that they'll be a player, you know, come come March. You know, for sure, man. I think, you know, um, we talk about Toledo coming in, man, and, and kind of the nod. You know, there's no more State and no, and no Belmont this week, man. We, we, we debated that at Lane's kind of put more State in, man, but they just didn't really have any wins that really stuck out to me. Obviously, the win at Belmont is a good win, but like I said, Belmont's been on a little slide lately. They had, that, they had that loss to Ohio at the beginning of the year, so we don't really know how good Belmont is at this point in time. The eye test – you know, says it tends that they're good you know, when they're at their best, but they've also, you know, when they're at their not at their best, you know, they they they've looked pedestrian uh at, at, at times this season, man. So both of those guys are out of the poll, but you know, um definitely both could, you know, resur- have resurgences and enter back in the poll later in the season, man. They they can get some quality wins. You mentioned San Francisco, talk a little bit about, about them a little later because they have a big matchup this weekend, but not only can they not lose to any of those you know, teams not named St. Mary's, BYU, Gonzaga. They have to pick off some at least one. I, I think. I mean, they're not probably not going to get Gonzaga, but um, yeah, I, I won't tease too much of what we'll talk about later on the show, man. But um, nevertheless, man, one thing that I will say, man, is I never knew how hard it was to, to do these rankings, man, because there are a lot of, especially from a mid-major standpoint. I think the AP poll is a, it's hard, obviously, but I think you know things can be a little bit clear because you're looking at high-major teams and and you know. I think it can be a little easy, but there's so many good mid-major teams out here in the country, man. Throughout this this, this year, we've had a lot of battles of teams. All right, we put this team in this league, and then we put this team in this league, and you know, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a struggle, man. And there are a lot of teams that are deserving of being on this list, man. But definitely looking forward to seeing kind of how things play out, man. And there's a lot of teams, a lot of games this weekend uh, between some ranked teams that are going to have you know a lot of impact on Lincoln next week. So teams can 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 right their wrongs, man, and get back on the right side of the top 25 if they can you know 
continue to get some wins. Uh, for sure, man. For sure, man. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. But I think we've kept the people waiting long enough, man. We're going to go ahead and get you guys over to our interview with, you know, four-star Xavier Commit, Desmond Claude, Putnam Times Academy point guard, um, New Haven legend, you know, future, future Xavier Musketeers, you know, the, the next, next great Xavier Musketeers guard, man. So we hope you guys enjoy the interview, man. We're going to get you guys over to that now. All righty, guys, as promised, we are joined by the newest Xavier men's basketball commit, Desmond Claude. And so, Desmond, thank you for hopping over with us today. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. No doubt, no doubt, man. Desmond, man, this is a definitely a special interview, man, because, you know, I know we had as many ties as, as we do, man. Obviously, you're, you're, you're playing for our, our alma mater, you know, Putnam Science Academy, you know, so that's obviously a plus, man. But you're also a guy who's from Connecticut, you know, from New Haven. And, um, you know, as you can see probably behind behind Asia's face, man, you got his Quinnipiac jersey hanging up there on the wall, man. We played there for four years. So uh, we're very familiar with the Connecticut area, man. But, you know, so we're going to talk about – we're going to talk a lot about, about that a little bit later, man. But first and foremost, man, I got to ask you, man, I mean, what stuck out to you about Xavier? Um, what made you want to call the Musketeers your home for the next four years? Um, well, you know, they had a lot of my, you know, main factors that I was uh, – that I was, you know, taking into consideration. Um, you know, for one, they win a lot. Um, you know, they got a lot of other, you know, freshman guards that's coming in that's, you know, good and, you know, could do what I do. Um, you know, they have experienced bigs, you know, I trust Coach still to um, keep helping me, you know, develop as a point guard. And, um, you know, I also feel like, you know, what he done, you know, with his, you know, past point guards that he doesn't over recruit them. So, you know, he rocks with his point guards and, you know, he trusts them the whole way out until, you know, they leave. So, and, you know, we connected, you know, real early. They came, you know, early summer. And, um, you know, they just did a really good job keeping a relationship. And, you know, I liked them a lot. Now, you're going to have a, a ton of offers. I mean, Kansas, Maryland, Notre Dame, Minnesota, Wake Forest, Louisville, Pitt, Memphis. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, um, Obviously, you know, you, you, you had always come out of, come out of uh, you know, before you decided to go to Putnam. I mean, what, what decided, what, what made you want to do a post-grad year? Um, and, and then kind of what, you know, when you were narrowing down your list, obviously, you know, from all those schools, what made you say, all right, like, this is really the place that, that, that I want to be at, out of all these other, you know, high majors that, that are coming in here? Um, to, um, to Xavier? Yep. Um, you know, I think – you know, like I said, it was just, you know, them the points that I, you know, I gave you. Um, you know, they came early, you know, they rocked me, you know, the whole way out. They didn't give up, you know, when they seen, you know, the ACC, you know, Big 12 and the SEC offers. Um, and, you know, loyalty and trust, like, you know, that's a big thing for me. I trust them a lot. Um, and they, and, you know, they, they proved that to me. So I think that was like the main, you know, factor as well. And then what, what, what did you want to do a, do a postgraduate year at Putnam? Like, what, what was what, what kind of was that? Obviously, you had, you had a bunch of offers, you know, before this season. So what made you want to do your extra year at Putnam? Um, so, you know, I've actually, I have a class my freshman year. But, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, stay, you know, all five years um, to get, you know, prepared for the next level. And I think going to Putnam um, – was, you know, a big upgrade, you know, it was my decision. Um, you know, they have better competition over here. You know, other players going high D1. Um, you know, it's 
like the jungle over here, you know, got to work for everything, earn for everything. Like, you know, it's just a, a good environment to be in. And, you know, to have other good players around you, you know, just makes you better. And, you know, going against them, you know, every day in practice or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, also gets me better as well. So I think I, um, I needed that next step to before going to uh, college. Now, me and Ace are very familiar, man. When we were at Putnam, we had a guy named uh, by the name of Hamadou Diallo, who's obviously, I think, in his fourth or fifth year in the league now with the Pistons. Mamadou Diallo, who's coaching now at UConn, but with a top 100 recruit. We had, like, I think, five or six other Division One players. But even that was kind of early on, because now, literally, the whole roster from Putnam Science Academy is, like, A-10, high major, like, Division One guys all across the board. Um, talk about some of the guys who you were most excited about playing with um, at PSA or, you know, when you got there, you were like, dang, like, you know, uh, these guys are, are really, really good. Um, you know, honestly, you know, it's everybody. Like, everybody got their role, you know. Um, you know, Arturo, you know, Daryl. I knew Daryl beforehand, you know, because, you know, we used to play each other when I was at St. Thomas More. And um, so, you know, I knew him and then, he also played with expressions too, my AAU team. So we actually had a little bit of a background. Um, but you know, Arturo, Dede, Barry, you know, my bigs, um, you know, Josh, you know, I like, you know, everybody, you know, they all play hard. We all play together, you know, we trust each other. Um, and we play for each other and we play to win. And I think, you know, that's a big thing for me. And, um, you know, that's what I like about my, my teammates over there. Now, for the Xavier fans that, that are watching this, man, for guys that haven't seen you play, man, obviously, you know, you're, you're a big guard. You know, a guy can play the one, can play the two, can handle the ball, can shoot it. I mean, kind of, you know, for them, uh, describe your game and describe the way that you like to, you know, to, to play on the basketball court and, you know, what, what they should be expecting from you, you know, when they see you step on campus next year. Um, <laughs> You know, big point guard, you know, High IQ, you know, I could create for myself and others. You know, I could give my teammates better. Um, a very solid leader. Um, you know, I you know I play hard and you know I like to win, so I'm gonna do what to do, what I gotta do to win. Um, you know, I'll describe my game as you know smooth, um, shifty. You know, I could you know I could shoot too. Um, get off the pick and roll. You know, I'm good at breaking my guy down. Um, so I think I'm a good overall player and, you know, I rebound and, you know, that's, you know, big for a point guard. Um, I get some steals. Uh, I create, you know, turnovers, you know, from the other team, you know, force make them, you know, force turnovers. So that's how I would describe my game. In the- Is there a player that you'd like to watch in the NBA and kind of model your game after or guys maybe that made, made a play before? Yeah, you know, there's a few. Um DeJounte Murray, you know, Shy, uh, John Morant, um, Donovan Mitchell. You know, I watch, a, you know, then I watch, you know, Chris Paul. You know, I watch, you know, a whole lot of mostly tall point guards. And then, you know, there's a few, you know, shorter point guards that, you know, I can learn from as well. Now, you guys also have brought in two other top 100 recruits, um, a DMV guy and Tyra Ward, who plays down here at, at the Matha Academy. And then um, – also, Cam Kraft, you know, the number top 50 recruit. Um, have you had a chance to talk to any of those guys? Um, and what do you think about just, you know, the, the three guys and what you guys can bring to Xavier next season? Yeah, yeah. You know, we talked, you know, a few times. Um, you know, we make sure we stay in touch with each other. And, you know, they, 
you know, they're they're really good. Like, you know, Tyrell, he can shoot, you go downhill. So Cam, you know, Cam Craft, you know, we're all similar. Um, you know, they're just a little bit taller. But um, you know, that's what I like I said, you know, Xavier, they bring in, you know, other good freshman guards. You know, we're, you know, top three, um, top one hundred, you know, recruits. So he brought three of them in and, you know, we all could, you know, do the same thing. So I think, you know, we're bringing, you know, a lot of, you know, buckets, you know, a lot of, you know, flashy stuff in there, you know, but we all know how to win. So I think, you know, that's a big thing. You know, we're going to try to win the championship next year. Obviously, uh, Coach, Coach Travis Steele has, has, you know, done a great job kind of recruiting, you know, bigger guards. Obviously, now they, they got Paul Scruggs there now. Najee Marshall was there and was there a few years ago. And obviously, DMV guy. And obviously, he's somebody that can handle the ball, can play um, off the ball as well a little bit. I mean, um, kind of when you were talking to Coach, Coach Travis Steele, you know, what was his pitch to you as far as, you know, how they plan to use you and, you know, how they see you kind of fitting in into what they do up there at Xavier? Um. You know, just doing what I do, you know, they need a point guard. You know, he likes big point guards, you know, 6'5", you know, 6'6". Um, and, you know, when he's seen what I could do, he said, you know, that's what we need. Um, you know, a leader, somebody that could break my guy down and, you know, get to the basket, get my shot or make the extra pass. Um, you know, he said I got a, you know, a good IQ. Um, so he's not really worried. You know, I just got to go in and, you know, work. Get this spot, you know. He said there's a great opportunity over here for me to, you know, rock out and do what I do. So, you know, that's what he was, you know, pitching to me. <laughs> now, as far as you guys at Putnam, man, you guys just got a huge win over Brewster. Uh, you scored 25 points in that game, man. And uh, you know, Brewster's always a, a big game, man, for for PSA, man, because obviously, you know, Brewster's like that school that normally has a lot of the high major guys that go on to play in the league and things like that, but. <laughs> You know, us over at Putnam, man, we, we pride ourselves in, in being gritty. You know, we got two natty chips, I think, in the last three or four years, man. So talk about, you know, that game. Uh, talk about, you know, what it meant for you to perform on uh, on t- oh, such a, um, a big stage. Obviously, like, like I mentioned, you had 25 points. And just, what, what the atmosphere, man? I seen the, the Dove Club on uh, Twitter after that game. Man. It seemed like you guys were pretty uh, juiced up after that win. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we knew it was going to be a big game. Um you know, like Coach Ethel says, you know, we're partners, so we're going to get everybody's A game. And, you know, they were saying, you know, that's the best game that they played, you know, for a long time for the season. So um, knowing that, you know, we just came in and, you know, had to stick to our principles, stick to what we do. Um, we did have to make a, a few adjustments, which, you know, it was, you know, it was the right adjustments. Um but we knew it was going to be a dog fight, and we knew it was going to be a 40-minute game no matter what. Um, but, you know, we finished playing. You know, my guy Barry, um, you know, hit the hit the layup to uh, put us in overtime. And then after that, we knew we was winning. Like, we had the – we was in shape. You know, we had that extra, you know, energy. And, um, you know, we was fighting to the end. And then, you know, I hit my guy, you know, Satarius, you know, shooter. And, you know, he hit the big shot. But – um but, you know, with my performance, I knew that I couldn't chill and, you know, lay back. I had to keep, you know, applying pressure with the other team. Um, yeah, and I knew, you know, pretty much half of them, you know, because, you know, they played for expressions or, you know, he was on EYBL. So, um, so they did have a game plan for me, but I was like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Um, 
my teammates how to keep going. But, you know, like we said, my teammates like to play with each other. We trust each other and we play to win. So, you know, that's what we did. We never gave up and, you know, we ended up winning the game. Now, you're, you're over there at Putnam, man. Obviously, you're, you're, you're post-grad, so you're not taking too many classes, man. So, plenty of time to get in the gym and work on your game, man. I mean, what, what are some things that you're focusing on, you know, try, trying to improve on and get better at um, for, for the next level? Um, I would say uh, shooting consistently, like just more off the catch and shoot or off the dribble, honestly. You know, shooting a little deeper. Um, and, you know, just – Working on my strengths as well, like getting downhill, shifting guys, finishing, um, just making the right reads, you know, different, you know, actions and stuff like that. So um, I would say, you know, that's what I've been working on and, you know, continue to work on, you know, from here on out. And also, you know, the physical, you know, getting bigger, you know, but also staying quick, athletic, you know, from my position. Now, you guys uh, are officially ranked, you know, the number one prep school team in the country uh, after you guys' big win over, over Brewster. Um, you know, what does it feel like for you, man, and for this group to be ranked number one at such an early point in the season? And what do you think you guys are going to have to do to kind of reach that ultimate goal at the end of the year, which is to win a national prep school championship? Um, you know, it feels really good. Um, we knew we was number one, but we knew we had to, you know, earn it and, you know, keep beating teams and beating teams. And I think that, that's what we, you know, continue, you know, have to do, you know, keep beating teams, you know, um, you know, by 20, 30, you know, even if it's close, a win is still a win. So I think um, we have to keep, you know, doing what we do, which is, you know, mainly defense, you know, which turns, in, you know, into our offense, you know, if, um, but yeah, I think, you know, we just got to keep winning and keep, and keep winning. Now, for you, man, I don't know how much of the Big East you've been able to watch up there at Putnam, man. I know when we were there, we ain't had too many TVs. We were watching our, our, our laptops and stuff up there back in 2014, 15, man. But, you know, um, obviously the, the Big East is a great league. This year is having one of the best seasons that they've had in a while, obviously with Villanova. And I'm pretty sure they have five teams ranked in the AP poll this week. Five teams ranked right now. Yeah. So for, I think that's the first time since, like, 2015. But, I mean, what are you looking forward to as far as being able to go play in the Big East next year? Um, and playing against, you know, Villanova and the Marquettes with Shaka Smart and Providence and, you know, Seton Hall and, and the list goes on and on. But, I mean, what are you looking forward to as far as, you know, being able to get into the Big East and play? Obviously, you're a Connecticut guy, so you could be able to stay pretty, pretty close to home or, or have some games pretty close to home with UConn yeah. and St. John and stuff like that. Um, look, you know, look forward to, you know, like I said, win. Um, you know, also, you know, to have fun. Um, I know it's going to be difficult, you know, especially like my first year, you know, trying to transition from, you know, high school, prep school to, you know, the next level. But, um, you know, I know that Coach Dill is going to help me to the best he can. You know, everybody on staff is. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, play and, uh, you know, dominate, honestly. That's my mindset. You know, it's the biggies, you know, so, you know, they got to have some, you know, big Aki guards. Um, and everybody's going to be competing and, you know, fighting. So, you know, I just got to, you know, that's pretty much what I'm looking for. And I ain't, you know, ducking the smoke at all. Love it. Love it. Love it, man. Um, I mean, for me, man, I, I couldn't remember a time, man, when, when Xavier was competing for Sweet 16s and Elite 8s and, you know, watching guys like Jordan Crawford go crazy and, and Two Holloway with the, with the big shorts, you know what I'm saying, go crazy, man. Go crazy. Crazy. <laughs> crazy, man. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you think for you? Obviously, you know, Xavier is ranked right now in, in the top 25 poll. Um, this, this week that, that just came out, you guys are ranked 21st. For you, man, um, you know, what do you think it's, it's going to take? Or, you know, how, how exciting is it for you to kind of be coming into the program now at a time where you guys are kind of getting back to competing at national relevance, you know, top 25 team having a legitimate chance to get back to where you guys were when you guys were making tournament runs, deep runs into, into tournament, you know, year after year? Wait, say that one more time. Yeah, cut out a little bit. Oh, yeah, my bad. Um, you know what I'm saying? How does it feel for you, man? Uh, what's it feel like to be coming into a program at Xavier that's obviously ranking in the top 25 now, um, has a chance to really get back to where you guys were competing at the highest level and making the second weekend into the NCAA tournament and, you know, playing, you know, at, at a program where I had great guards like and Ace mentioned, Nigel Marshall and Jordan Crawford and Two Holloway and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel, you know, awesome. Like, it's – you know, it's amazing to, you know, see all the hard work that I have put in and, um, and you know, the good results is coming out of it. Um, it's a little bit of pressure, but it's nothing that, you know, I can't handle. Um, you know, I like to win, and, you know, that's what they do over there. And I'm looking forward to um, getting back to, you know, the Sweet 16 and, you know, all the other good stuff when I go. Now, obviously, you're a guy, you mentioned earlier, man, from, from New Haven, Played at Hill House, man. One thing that I, that I know about Hill House, guy, because we played with a Hill House guy at Connecticut when we were at Putnam and when we were at uh, at Quinnipiac with and Chase Daniels. And, uh, I mean, those guys are, are built different over at Hill House, man. So, I mean, you know, talk to me about, about kind of, you know, your upbringing, man. Like, what was it like, you know, growing up growing up in Connecticut, man, and you know, being able to get get from that, you know, to, to the point where, where you're at now today? Um, So, you know, I started in about, you know, fifth or sixth grade. Um, so I take it serious and, you know, six, close to the seventh. Um, and then, you know, I kept playing from there, but, you know, me and my dad and my little brother, you know, we just kept working out. And then my middle school coach had, uh, used to play for St. Thomas Morris. So, you know, he made the call for me. Um, and I think that, you know, I needed to, you know, upgrade my situation after my freshman year. So, you know, I was killing, you know, playing all three levels, freshman JV varsity. Um, so, so yeah, you know, we was – I was killing all that. And then, you know, I had to go to St. John's Moore, and that's when I would class to freshman again. And then, um, you know, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I think it was, you know, a really good move. I was – like I said, I was able to reclass. I was able to get in the weight room anytime I wanted to. Um, the gym was open, you know – Anytime, you know, day and night. Um, and, you know, I just used those my first two years when I was there. I was on, chose to be on varsity, and, you know, so I could just work and develop and, you know, do all the other good stuff. And then last year, I played on uh, with Coach Quinn on the prep team. And, you know, he, you know, he helped me a lot. And, um, you know, he got me better in some ways that, you know, that, you know, I just didn't see the game. And, um, but then, you know, I needed to make that, you know, that last move here for my last year to uh, really put me over the hump. So when I go on um, in college, I'll be, you know, I'll be re- ready. <laughs> now, man, you, you came from a basketball family, man. I did some research and I read that your mom played played basketball at Syracuse and your, your father played basketball at Fairfield before he went overseas. And mm-hmm. that's interesting, man, because me, me and uh, Ace, our, our older brother, Billy, also played at Syracuse. Man, his name is Billy Eland. He wanted to... He won the only championship back in 03 with, with Carmelo, man. So we definitely got some Syracuse ties, man. But 
for you, man, what was it like, man? Did you ever put that pressure on you, you know, whispering them that, that, that oh, Syracuse in your ear? And then, too, man, what was it like just growing up in, in a basketball family, you know, in general, man, where your parents literally got it got it in their blood? Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't – there wasn't really any pressure. You know, my decision, you know, it was my decision. Um, even though, you know, they didn't offer, but they didn't think, you know, that Syracuse was a, a good place necessarily because, you know, I didn't want to go play zone, you know, defense. Although, you know, Syracuse is good, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I just didn't think it was, you know, my fit, you know, per se. Um, but, you know, it, it feels good being in the basketball family. Everybody understands, you know, they help me out in really good ways. Um, you know, the trainers there, they always push me, they always encourage me to do good. Um, and most importantly, they've been at that level, so they know what it takes. So they all, you know, just try to prepare me and, and help me get to that next level. Now, you mentioned your, your time at St. Thomas More, and obviously something that, that I kind of found funny was when you played Putnam last year, and I'm pretty sure you had like 25 on them or, or something like that, and now you're, you're at Putnam and you play St. Thomas More, and I don't, I, I don't remember what Bosco was, but I'm sure you had a, probably had a really good game versus them this year as well, but talk a little bit about what that was like. I mean, I'm sure Scrab was probably in your ear right after that, after that game match, you're like, yo, man, you know what I'm saying? Next year, get, next year, you know what I'm saying? We to get over here. But I mean, tell me a little bit about what that was like playing against Putnam last year and now at Putnam playing against 10 times more last year. And, you know, that's kind of been like. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's funny. You know, I still laugh you know, to this day about it. Um, you know, Putnam and St. Thomas More, you know, been rivalries the whole time, um, battling and battling. So it was kind of. So playing Putnam, you know, you know, we beat them. You know, we went one-on-one, though. We split it. But, um, you know, being them and then coming over here and having to go play St. Thomas More, it was a little, you know, a little weird. Like, I did have a little weird feeling. But um, at the end of the day, like, I did what's, you know, best for me, and I had to go out and play. Um, And we did beat them, you know, but it was a really good game. Um, It was a really good game, so – you know, I'm looking forward to it again. And, um, you know, I did solid. I didn't do too good. But, you know, I did what we had to do to, you know, win the game. Man, y'all boys be working over at, over at St. Thomas More, man. When we was at Putnam, they cheated us so bad at St. Thomas More, man. So, I know it was probably something fishy going on last year when y'all beat Putnam over there. Because it rests me on crazy. I know Jerry Quinn's got the rest over there on payroll or something. Because I don't know what be going on over there in y'all Hey, I didn't know how bad it was until I played them. You know, obviously being at St. Thomas for for three years, and you know the opposing team was like, "Yo, that's a bad call." Da da da. But then now, you know, playing them last week and their gym is, you know, the calls was was just crazy. Wow. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the calls was just crazy, and I was like, "Nah, now I see what's what's really happening." But um, but that's not the you know, the only school, you know, that does that or, you know, anywhere that we go to in the opposing team's gym is not going to be, you know, fair, obviously. So we kind of, once we noticed that we wasn't really getting any calls or foul calls or, you know, the calls getting screwed up, we just stopped worrying about it and had to play. Honestly, we did better after that because, you know, we just didn't worry about it. We knew it was going to be, you know, shaky from the start. Now, one thing I got to ask, man, I mean, you guys mentioned, you know, Jerry Quinn, who's done an amazing job at, at St. Thomas More. Um, you know, there's the Jason Smiths at Brewster who get a ton of credit, deservingly so, so for what he's been able to build over there. But 
Um, one thing I got to ask you, man, Coach Espo is somebody who's kind of, I feel like, gone under the radar as far as prep coaches, man. And like I mentioned, you know, Putnam Science Academy has won two national championships in the last, I believe, four years. Had a top 10 national prep uh, program uh, since he's really been there, you know, for the last couple of years. Um, but talk about just Coach Espo, man, and the coach that he is, um, how he's been able to get the most out of you guys this year. Like I mentioned, you guys are ranked number one so far. But talk about his coaching style, man, and, and you know, just – um, what he brings to you guys um, as a leader, you know, uh, of your team this year? Um, you know, he brings, you know, a lot out of us. Um, you know, everything is a dogfight over here. You got to earn it. If you do something wrong, you know, there's a big chance you're losing your spot and whatever. And everybody wants to get to the starting spot. But his thing is, like, you know, we got to play defense. And we got to understand what he's trying to do. And we just got to, you know, perfect it. Um, but everybody, you know, is hungry over there. You know, some people don't got scholarships. Some people isn't committed yet. So everybody still, you know, wants to go, go, go. And, um, you know, he brings a lot of energy. You know, he, we're, you know, we're coachable. He coaches us, you know, he yells at us, whatever. But, um, he knows how to, you know, trigger us or to keep us going. And, you know, and, you know, he's a, he's a dog too. So, you know, once he get at us and, you know, we, we match that and, you know, we go. Yeah, but, yeah, he definitely, um, he definitely a good leader and he brings a lot out of us. So. Yeah, one thing I'll say about Coach Espo, I remember when, you know, when Drew and I were there, he, he definitely um made, he makes you play hard because obviously he was like, yo, man, if you're not playing hard, like, you're not going to play. Because obviously yeah. a lot of guys that come there, obviously you're, you're, you're the best player in your area where you come from, whatever it's, you know, me and Drew coming from Maryland. Obviously, you guys from New York and Mass and wherever guys come from. Like, I come from all over the country, all over the world now. And, and you don't really know what it is to play hard until he's making you take charges and dive on the floor mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff, man. But that's what you're going to do at college because next level, mm-hmm. you ain't planning you ain't doing all those things. So it definitely helps you to prepare for the next level, man. Then off the court, man, you know, me and Drew, like, as you know, I'm still in contact with Coach Espo subscribe to this day, man. Like, we could go stay at the house and we go up there and visit, man. And obviously, when Drew and I were there, our, our dad actually passed away, and people from the town was paying for us to go home, man. Because Espo and they made sure we had everything we did, man. So mm-hmm. they made sure we had everything we needed, man. So anybody listening to this, man, definitely Coach Espo, in my opinion, is one of the best prep school coaches out here, man. Definitely want to take mm-hmm. a moment to kind of give them its flowers, man. And him and Coach Graber do a great job with, with that program, man. But – on another note, man, I wanted to ask you, man. Obviously, when Drew and I were there, it was, it was a lot different, man. I mean, it, it was it was a all boys like Turkish school, like only like a yeah. hundred students. It was the post grad team, and then like like we had the Turkish floor. You said what? And the floor was green. And the floor was green. Yeah, the floor was green. We we had like a, a rubber floor. Now I got a hardwood mm-hmm. floor. Now I got money. Now you, you, you got club dub weight room, and I don't need y'all. This is a girls team over there now too, right? Yeah, this good. Yeah, hey, man, we, we I got a girl yeah. over there, man. I mean, we had none of that when I was there. Man. We, we, me and Drew and, and Javi was over there making runs to Price Chopper at night and working at Athens, man. I think Sang might work, <laughs> might, might work at a uh, Pierce A. or something like that, man. But what do you guys do off the floor, man, when, when you're not in the gym, when you're not, when you're not taking class, man? What, what's the kind of life like for you guys uh, up there nowadays? Um, you know, we know, you know, we just hang out with each other. Um, you know, we have fun, you know, we walk around and, you know, go back to the stem building, you know, to play pool or, um, you know, just to hang out. Um, uh, but we're always, you know, active. And then sometimes, you know, we're just chilling in our rooms and just resting because, you know, it's, the season is really hectic. You know, now we're starting to play 
a game every other day. So now we just got to, you know, rest as much as we can. Um, but, yeah, we, you know, we listen to music, but we're very chill over here. Well, we know we don't do much. We just hang out and, you know, have fun. How's the food now over there? What you guys, you know, what's the eating situation like over there now? <laughs> um, the food is solid, you know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's solid. You know, they have their days, their good days, you know, a little bit of their off days. But, um, you know, you can't really complain. You know, there's people that, you know, um, don't really eat at all you know, out there. So, you know, we just got to be grateful and thankful. Um, you know, but we still, you know, order, you know, Slice of Heaven or, you know, the Chinese place over there um, or DoorDash or whatever, so. I guarantee you the eating situation is probably better than when we were there, man. Because like I said, we was at, it was like, it was like a Buffalo school, so it wasn't no pork, no, like, they would, like, you couldn't have ordered it. It was no, like, type of red meat for real. They had, like, they had, they would have, like, um, beef, I, I think, I think, but it was mad chicken and rice. They would have, we would come in there, it would be like some like stuffed peppers, but it would be some weird stuff in there. They was, it was eating, yeah. they, they was yeah. doing it crazy. We was in there, man. It was, it was, it was mad wild, man. But, yeah, um, they still got some stuff. We, I, yeah, I ain't never seen before, but, um, you know, I don't touch it though. <laughs> I see yeah. Nah, <laughs> hey man, look. As long as y'all getting y'all meals in, man, you know what I'm saying, y'all, 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 y'all good to go over there, man. I, I, I have to ask you, man. Me and Drew was at Quinnipiac, you know. Obviously, one of my favorite spots to go to in New Haven was Sandra's, man. That soul food spot down there. That, 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 that was my spot, man. Are, are you a Sandra's guy, man? Was that was that one of your little spots down there in New Haven? Um, yeah, yeah, soul food, yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Um. But Drew, what was the first place to that was in New Haven, man? It was another one that was busting too. I forget what it was called. I can't remember the name of it. We, 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 we would switch off. We would go to Sanders and we would go to the other spot sometimes too. But that was probably all that would be closed. It, it, yeah, it, it yeah, man, we're hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I'm definitely a soulful guy. Like, what a, you know. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, once I started going to, uh, to prep school, I wasn't, you know, close to home like that. So, you know, from when I got away from that, you know, I was really home. But um, definitely a soul food guy. Love pizza, soul food. Um, there was a Jamaican spot that, you know, they had moved somewhere else. But when I was, you know, in New Haven a lot, you know, they was over there. So, you know, it was it was, it was good food over there, though. I ain't gonna lie, it's good food over there. I gotta ask you this, man, but before we get off, man, there's one question um, I forgot to ask earlier, man. But that's obviously, like, like I mentioned, you know, being from New Haven, um, when I was at Putnam, man, we, we, we played against another guy from New Haven that ended up being pretty good, and that was uh, Tremont Waters, yeah. who also, I believe, played for Expressions uh, and obviously made it to the league. Mm-hmm. For you, man, like, um, one, like, if you have any relationship with, with, with Tremont, um, but my, my main question for you is, man, what would it mean to you, man, to be that next guard? from New Haven to make it to the league and, and play at, at the highest level. I mean, I know Connecticut guys have a lot of pride in basketball. Um, and it, it's a basketball state. You know, New Haven is a basketball city. There's a lot of tradition there. So for you, man, like, what would that mean to you, man, to be the next guard uh, to come from New Haven and to make it to the league? Um, you know, it would mean a lot. Um, there's not too many New Haven guards that, you know, make it out to go to the league or, you know, overseas. But, um you know, it would it would mean a lot for me. Um, I'll be very excited. Um, but like I said, you know, all the work that I've been doing, um, all the time and patience that you know it took for me to understand, um, it I, it would it would pay off. 
So, you know, it would mean a lot. And, um, but, you know, I would have to stay on task and, you know, keep going to keep the contract. Yes, sir. Love it. Now, just a few rapid fire questions for you before you get off, man. It's game day. You want the bus going to going to play Brewster. Who are you bumping in the headphones? Well, I'll be honest. Um, most of the time, I listen to gospel music, but then, mm-hmm. um, but then towards the end, to like you know shift my mentality and go and try to kill, um, little babies, you know. Gotta rock a little baby. Um, when it comes to rappers, he's number one for me. Um, and he's and I'm not like a you know crazy diehard fan. Like I know everything, but you know I listen to a lot of his, his songs and um, you know it just catches me. And you know for me that's when I'm ready to go. Um, Lil Durk, um, G Herbo sometimes. Um, those are like the 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 main. The main few rappers that you know, I listen to, but it's mainly Lil Baby though. All right, so I want to ask you: if you listen, you listen to gospel music, who do you like to listen to? You know, for gospel music, man. Cause me and Drew listen to a lot of gospel music as well, man. I don't, I, I don't. Great take, that. great take on gospel. Great, great, great take, great take, man. So, who, who, who do you favorite gospel artists listen to? Um, you know, William Murphy, J.J. Harrison, um, Todd Delaney, you know, Tasha Cobbs, and um. Who else? There's there's a few more. There's you know there's a lot more actually, um, but those are like you know the main guys, um, James Fortune and you know all those good guys. Have you got into Maverick City music or Elevation Worship or any of those guys? You heard any, any of their songs? I heard it Elevation um, Worship a few times, but not too familiar. Yo, man, Maverick City Music, you got to tap in. They're, 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 they have a bunch of songs, a bunch of albums that are fire. And obviously, well, I don't know the most popular song is probably Gyra. But I had the opportunity to see them in concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, yeah, I think I know what you tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, but they, 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 they got a bunch of songs, bunch of albums, old church basement album inspired. So yeah. if you want, want to listen to some, some, some gospel, definitely tap into Maverick City Music, man. They're, they're, yeah, they're, hey man, we can send them. We can send them the song, man. Now, now that we got, we got the group chat. We can just throw them in there. Back, yeah, yeah, back. We'll throw you some songs in there, man. But last question, man. Who is your goat? LeBron, MJ, or you got somebody else that you consider the GOAT, man? Man, uh, that's tough. It's two different, you know, times in basketball. Um, you know, this time people is more skilled, more athletic. Um, and, you know, LeBron numbers is just – so was Michael Jordan, but I think um, LeBron is more of a – a leader and stuff, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna go with MJ though. Smart man, no, you, you, you a smart man. You no, know, they're very they're very very close. I think LeBron is you know soon to switch over though. I will say that LeBron is my goat man. I'm standing on that my goat. <laughs> but I respect I respect Jordan. Though. I respect it. I respect anybody that says Jordan. I won't I won't argue. Listen, man. Yeah, yeah, boy. Hey man, I, I I I I know Drew. You know, probably said it also, but man, definitely, you know, super proud of you guys for what you guys doing at, at Putnam Science Academy, man. And super proud of you, obviously, for what you've been able to do and all you've been able to accomplish, man. You're definitely, from a big tell, man, great kid, got great head on your shoulders, man. So definitely looking forward to seeing you know, all you all you accomplish, man. Definitely could be rooting for you over here at All Facts Media, man. So want to thank you for coming on, man. Wish you wish you the best of luck uh, going forward, man.
Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. All righty, guys. That was Desmond Claw, man. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as we did, man. I mean, Ace, you know, for me, man, why why initially heard about this kid, man. I saw his game. Like, oh, hold on. This guy's a, a six five point guard. Like, hold on, man. He got he got something with him, man. He could definitely he definitely, I think, can make a lot of noise at Xavier. Look, and look at what they're, what they're doing right now with, with, with Paul Scruggs, who's also a big guard. I mean, we mentioned Najee on the point guard, who obviously can do a lot of things, both on the ball and off the ball, you know, long. Um, so I think that's actually a great fit, man, for him, you know, going to Xavier and the coach um, and Chadwick Steele, who, like like he mentioned, man, develops guys over four years, man. You can really see guys grow within that program, man. My personal favorite, favorite part of the interview, you know, was was his uh, pregame music takes uh, on the gospel music, man. I mean, that that definitely was my favorite part of the interview, man. I was not expecting that, man. So you know, that lets me know already that he's a, a well-rounded kid, man, with a great head on his shoulders, man. So I already know, man, he's going to have nothing but success uh, at Xavier at the next level. That's for sure, man. That that took off to me too. I, I didn't expect that, man. This we've done we've done I don't even know how many interviews on, on this show with player, man. I've never heard uh kids say listen to gospel music before before basketball games, man. That's that's absolutely outstanding and, and inspiring, man. And you know, uh so like like you said, man, definitely high character kid. We know Espo loves those high character kids over at Putnam Science Academy, man. So no surprise there. And I think, you know, he's gonna do he's gonna do great things as Dave you mentioned. You know, six five point guard can shoot it. Um, it's, it's athletic, man, and and you can handle it, can pass, man. I, I think he's gonna do great things, man. So definitely a name to keep to keep uh keep an eye out for Desmond Claude. Um, definitely definitely looking forward to seeing how his career blossoms over the years, man. And he's from New Haven, and if you don't know about New Haven guards, man, New Haven basketball players in general. I mean, Tremont Waters, um, even guys underrated guys like Joey Kaspersic, you know, who's, who's come through there and was a Hill House legend, man, for for a few years there. And, Expressions guy too. Expressions guy. Expressions guy as well. Yep. 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 Um, and he, you know, those, those guys have a different chip on their shoulder. We mentioned Chase Daniels, man, one of one of the toughest guys that I've ever had the opportunity to. If there's one guy I had to pick to go to battle with, it would probably be Chase Daniels, and that's on the court, off the court. Like if I'm, if I'm with Chase, like I, I know I'm good with, with any, any situation, any, anything pop up on the court. It's one dude I know is gonna ride for me. It's Chase Daniels, man. So, you know. Uh, that, that, that speaks a lot about, you know, his toughness as well uh, on the basketball court, man. But nonetheless, man, it is time for our favorite segment of the week, man. Craziest thing we saw, man. There are a bunch of entry, entrants for this week's uh, crazy thing we saw, man. So I'll let, I'll let Drew go ahead and uh, start us off here. Yeah, man, this week's moment goes to Copper State, man. Because they actually have two entries into this crazy thing we saw segment, man. The first one coming in, uh, my guy, Ninda Tark. You know, beating our rivals, Morgan State, on a three-quarter court heat that I think ended up being the number three play on Sports Center the next day. Should have been the number one play, man. But, um, you know, that was a back-and-forth game, man. Those games against Morgan State are always highly contested. I was, I was talking about talking to uh, Sean Paul about this on the first six days show, man. I, I can remember our game against Morgan State when we got robbed at home when, when DeJuan Clay made that full-court heave, you know, and, it's, and and the clock was running while the ball was out of bounds. They said, oh, they didn't get off the time when the clock was running. Um, I don't know how we get hosed at home. Like, like if anything, it's supposed to be some, some you mean going on. We at home. Yeah, like, you're Cobb Morgan. Like, we in West Baltimore. Y'all from over east. We over west. But we got hosed at home, man. But that was a wild game because Sherwin hit a, hit a buzzer beater right before that. And then everybody yeah. was Morgan celebrating in Duan. His, Hits the full court shot. It was it was so wild. We, we were we were both celebrating like they were celebrating. They, they think they won. We celebrating. We think we won. And they were like, yeah, like we just won it. Nobody knows who won the game. Then the refs say, oh, 
no good. Like they be about to beat the refs up. It was, it, it was wild, man. That was that, that was a wild experience, man. You ever 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 seen a Kyle Morgan game? If you ever in the need, if you ever in the area of Baltimore, you happen to be be you know looking for a good game to watch. Kyle Morgan is the one to go to, man. You are guaranteed to see something wild. Guaranteed, man. Shoot, and uh, then then the talk definitely delivered um, in helping us, you know, get that win over Morgan State, man. But even arguably even more improbable, you know, was last night, man. The Eagles are down by twenty six points at home against Howard. I'm texting in the group chat. What's the score? What's score? Yeah, man. These dudes down by twenty. I wake up, wipe the crust out my eyes. I go on my Instagram page, and I see the copy basketball post eighty three eighty one. We, I'm like, what? Like what happened? Like literally, I was, I was, I was shocked. I was so prepared to see like some crazy score, and they come back from down twenty six points. Then the Tark gets an and one. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a few clips. It was like two and ones at the game or something like that. Um, obviously, A's, you were there, man. So I mean, talk me through what went into that game, man. How they were able to come back after being down by so much? Like what, what, what happened? Yeah, I, I was on the call for that game, man. That was probably the wildest game I've ever seen in my life. First of all, Howard starts the game absolutely shooting Coppin's face off. Like, they made nine of their first 12 threes in the first 10 minutes of the game. They go up 39 to 13. I'm like, yo, this is insanity. Like, this is this is crazy. Like, mind you, Coppin, Coppin had, had, was 2-1 in the MIAC. All three of their first three games in the MIAC won the road. They won at South Carolina State one at Morgan, they, they went on the road and lost to Norfolk State in the game. They were down by 20 points. They were down by 20 points. They come back, they had a three-point lead with about three minutes to play at Norfolk. Almost came back from 20 uh, in Virginia. They come home, they're down 26 points. And they complete the biggest comeback in MEAC regular season history. The biggest comeback prior to last night, uh, Hampton, back in, back in 2015, when they were still in the MEAC in 2015, they were down 22 um, to Northern Arizona. And they came back to one on, on December 2nd, 2015, 98-94. That was the largest comeback in MIAC history uh, by a MIAC team before last night. And Coppin State erased a 26-point first-half deficit. The thing that happened was they started guarding. Like, they weren't guarding anybody in, in the first half. Howard was making some, some tough shots, but uh, Coppin was kind of slowing a few closeouts. You know, they, 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 they like to kind of load to one side of the, one side of the floor. Uh, Howard was doing a great job moving the ball. Um, skip passes, kind of not dribble, trying to dribble, dribble the ball around, kind of keeping the ball hot. Uh, Kyle Foster um, hit a few early threes. Steve Settle, uh, Elijah Hawkins, man, Tate Bales, all those guys um, knocked down a few. Even our guy Sam Green, a DMV guy, uh, former Drexel Dragon, uh, he's now at Howard, man. He snacked two threes in, in the first half of the game, man. I mean, everybody was, was hitting time. Like I said, they made nine of their first 12 threes. Um, ten of their first – they were 10 for 13 from three until um, – Kyle Foster shot like a buzzer beater at, at halftime, like from like 35 feet, and it was ended up being 10 for 14. Um, but they ended up, Kyle ended up going into the half. So that first 10 minute frame, like I said, they made nine three. They were shooting piss out of the ball. The second second 10 minute half of that of that first half, um, Kyle really locked in on the defensive side of the ball. They started to chip away at the lead. They go into halftime down only nine points. Elijah Hawkins picked up his third foul um, with about. 30 seconds left, left in the first half. And ended up they being down 39. They were down 39-13. Yes. At one point and then and then went the halftime down nine. Yes. They were they were they were, they were, run or something up, like. they were up 36. They were down 36-13. They closed the half 28 to 11, I want to say. And they went they went the halftime down 50 to 41. So they, they closed the half like like uh, Tyree Corbett was awesome. Um 
was, was, was playing the shore again, had a few dunks. Uh, Kyle Carnese um, hit a few big threes for them. Uh, Jesse Jotarilla was able to get, was able to get to the foul line a lot in the first half and, and made some basic free throws for them. Um, and they, they're going to have only down nine. So at that point, it's like, all right, you know, we're, we're down nine. It's manageable. We were down 26, like, 10 minutes ago. So this, 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 this is a winnable game for us. I mentioned the Elijah Hawkins picked up his third foul right before halftime, which ended up looming large. He ended up picking, his fourth, picking up his fourth foul probably around, like, the 15-minute mark. And he's obviously their best ball handler, freshman point guard, the man they have having, having a great year of a King Blake and Ian Howard, man. And um, he went out of the game. Howard didn't really have a, a, a ball handler, man, so the offense kind of got a little stagnant. But even then, man, they, they, they had control of the game for much of that second half. They were probably up seven, eight for a majority of the second half. Uh, Cobb puts a press on them, like, late in, in, in the second half, man. And Elijah Hawkins ends up fouling out um, probably with about two or three minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe remaining in the game. And they had some huge uh, turnovers late, man. They couldn't get the ball inbound with a couple of inbounds. Um, Kim Lincoln had to call a timeout on one because they were getting ready to get a five-second call. Then the tongue almost stole the pass before that he actually, that he actually stole on a tip. Um, and Kyle Kanesi hit a few huge threes. Tyree Corbett was an absolute man child. This man had 25 points, 22 rebounds. His, that's his, his, now his second 2020 game of the year. He's probably going to end up winning a defensive player. He, he might have mess around with me at player of the year this year with the way that he's been playing, man. But – um, he was huge for them, man. 25 and 22. Uh, Josh Rayleigh ends with 15. He struggled from the floor with 3 and 14, but um, with 7 and 10 from the foul line. Then the Tark, like we said, man, the hero from the Morgan State game, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. Um, and then Cal Crazy, man, was 16 points, um, 5 of 9 from the three-point line, man, was absolutely huge. He, he It seemed like every time they kind of – Howard would go up like seven. He would hit three to bring him down four. And, you know, he'd be like, all right, now we're up five. And he would he would hit one to bring one in two or something like that, man. It's like every time they kind of needed a big shot, Cardinals, he kind of came through, man. And it was an it was an absolutely improbable comeback, man. And definitely one of the wild things that I've ever witnessed in my life. Well, shoot, man. I think that there it is, man. I mean, shoot, the the greatest comeback in MEAC history, man, definitely deserves mention uh, in our craziest thing we saw uh, segment this week, man. So no arguments there, man. You know, two uh, two crazy moments and two common state wins, man. So you know, I have no complaints, man. But like you mentioned, man, we have some big time games coming up coming up this week, man. Um, so Ace, man, what are some games that we should be looking forward to? Yeah, I teased one of them early, and that's Delaware is going to come to Towson Thursday at seven p.m. I'm going to be able to get over to that game at Towson. Um, Towson just beat Delaware on Monday night um, in a game at, at UD. Um, and now Delaware is going to come to Baltimore. And they're going to play Towson Thursday, 7 p.m. It's going to be a big game in the CA. Um, obviously, like I, like I mentioned earlier, Delaware, you don't want to fall to five and four in league play um, and allow Towson to get to that. I think that'll be their seventh point. That would be seven and two. And there would be kind of like, there would be four games back against Wilmington who wasn't lost yet and two games back at Towson. So that would kind of make it extremely hard if you, if you want to stay in that regular season championship picture for, for Delaware. I Man, after they were picked to win the league um, coming into the preseason. So, you know, that, that's a game that's going to be extremely important for them if they want to kind of stay in that conversation. And then for Towson, you know, you're two games back, you went to Wilmington for the regular season title. So you don't want to lose a game and now you're three games back and you went to Wilmington looking like they're going to mess around and run away with it. So huge game in the CA, Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, I'll be in the building for that. Uh, San Francisco has a huge game this week. We mentioned earlier, um, you don't want to you don't want to lose to any of the bottom teams, but they're gonna have to start winning some of these games um, against your your St. Marys, your BYUs, um, and your Gonzaga. I don't think they're gonna beat Gonzaga, but Thursday, ten o'clock p.m. 
Uh, St. Mary's going to travel to San Francisco. This game is going to be at San Fran, um, you know, on their home court, man, 10 p.m. I think San Francisco has to win this game, man, because they, they right now don't have too many great resume-building wins. You know, they lost Little Chicago, lost to Gonzaga, lost to BYU. Um, you know, so they, they haven't really had any opportunities to really, um, you know, boost their resume, man. They, they, they do have a great win against Davidson that's looking a lot better now than it did at, at the time, man. Um, they have a win over Nevada. Obviously, who's you know kind of struggled. They do have a win over UAB, which is probably going to age one conference USA. Um, and they have a win over Towson, obviously, which looks a lot better now than it, than it did back then. Um, but they lost to Grand Canyon, beat the Arizona State team. That's, that's not very good. So you're going to have to get some wins here, man. If you're San Francisco, man, against a team that should, you know, be a tournament team in, in St. Mary. So huge game for them. Huge opportunity at home. Since so a 10 p.m. tip Thursday night, uh, St. Mary's at San Francisco. Uh, a little bit more of an underrated game uh, is going to be Ohio at Buffalo. That's, that's a game out of the MAC. Obviously, Ohio's coming off that loss to Toledo. And Buffalo is a team who, who obviously you know, was in our poll in the beginning of the season, man, and they were looking they were looking really good. It kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, they're in a battle right now against Toledo by the time this thing airs. Uh, we'll have a result on that game. But Ohio's going to go to Buffalo Friday night at 7 p.m. That's a game that kind of had circle issues because of the fact that Buffalo's a talented team. They have three of the better players, you know, in the conference. Man, obviously, Mark Sears has been outstanding for Ohio this year, man. But for for Buffalo, man, you got Dean Williams, who's been outstanding for them. Ronaldo Segu, who is, you know, one of the one of the best guards in the league. And then obviously former Putnam Sounds Academy big man Joshua Mbala uh, has been has been awesome for them, man. They have probably the best you know, three man punch, uh, I would say, um, in the MAC, man. And so that, that's gonna, that's going to be a game that, that could that could get very tricky um, for for Ohio, man. So definitely something that they're probably going to want to proceed with caution. Um, and we mentioned. Conference USA, man, has been has been really has been really you know competitive this year, man. Especially that Western side of the division, and we're gonna get another big big battle this weekend. Saturday, Louisiana Tech gonna go to North Texas Saturday at 4 p.m. It's gonna be a huge huge match. Obviously, last weekend we saw UAB and Louisiana Tech. This weekend, Louisiana Tech with another one. Uh, they're gonna travel to North Texas, man. So you know, huge huge one one there for North for Louisiana Tech to kind of. You know, stay in that, stay in that echelon of the league. And for North, North Texas, man, obviously we mentioned all the teams have one loss. So anytime you can kind of sneak some wins in there against good teams, uh, it's gonna gonna be gonna be huge kind of capitalize when you can do that. Yale at Princeton Saturday, 4 p.m. I mentioned, man, uh, Yale, the other team that, that I you know had picked the win of the Ivy League coming into the year. Most people think I picked Yale to kind of win the league. Uh, obviously, with you know, returning Azar Swain and James Jones as a coach, kind of everybody just just respects, man. But Princeton has been rolling. 15 straight wins. Yale's going to go to Princeton Saturday at 4 p.m. Looking to put a put a stop to that, man. So, huge, huge game in the Ivy League. If Princeton wins this game, I think I think it's, it's going to be you know, hard, especially because with, with the Ivy League, you know, only four teams make that, that conference tournament, man. So, you know, for a team like Yale, you don't want to fall too far back uh, in, in the loss column in these standings, man. Right now, Yale's sitting at 2-1. and one. Um, UPenn is at 4-2. and two. Uh, Princeton's 5-0. and oh, And then Harvard is 2-2, two and two, man. So, those are the top four teams in the league. It was probably the best four teams in the league. I think Brown, you know, got off to a little bit of a slow start at two and four. I think that they're they're a team that you know don't be surprised they kind of get get it going here a little bit as well. Um, in the WAC, Grand Canyon is going to go to New Mexico Saturday at nine p.m. Obviously, a little bit two of the best teams in the, in the WAC uh, all season, man. Two teams that are, that are in the top twenty-five of our mid-major pool. Oh, actually, I think Grand Canyon dropped out this week after their two losses, man. But New Mexico State is at 20 this week. Um, Grand Canyon has been in our poll for a few weeks, man. It's going to be a huge game as they travel to New Mexico State Saturday, 9 p.m. And Sunday, we're going to get a huge game, man. We're going to Chicago at Drake. 
Sunday, 2 p.m. It's going to be a huge one in the Missouri Valley, man. Two of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, for the past two years now, obviously last year these two teams both made the NCAA tournament, man, and both looking to get back this season, man. So uh, it's going to be at Drake. I think it's going to be a huge opportunity for them um, to kind of get kind of, to get a big win on, on their home court, man. So definitely going to be looking at that game. Uh, JMU and Ta- JMU is going to travel to Towson Monday at 7 p.m. I'm going to try to get over to that one as well, man. That's going to be a big game. It's, you know, again, Towson tries to, you know, stay at the top, standing in the CAA. And then lastly, Colorado State at Wyoming Monday, 8 p.m. Two top 25 teams in our poll. Uh, Colorado State is currently at two. Wyoming is at 15. So big game there in the Mountain West. Um, it's going to be at Wyoming, man. So they're going to have an opportunity to get a nice resume building win. Similar to San Francisco, Wyoming is a team that's going to have to try to pick off some of these teams at the top of the league, because I think, you know, right now we're, we're, we're talking about a four-bit WCC, but we're not, we're not you know, in four-bit Mountain West territory. So, if Wyoming wants to get into that into that picture, they're going to have to you know, start picking off some of these teams, man, and have a great opportunity to do so. They're currently four on the Mountain West, so if they can get to 5-0 and and get a win over Colorado State, that would be huge um, for their resume, man. So, well, a bunch of good, good games this weekend to look forward to, man. And a lot of, definitely, a lot of tournament implications, a lot of, you know, resume building opportunities for a few teams. For sure, man. I mean, obviously, you know, for me, man, I'm going to be tuning into that Yale-Princeton game. You know, I've been uh, advocating for Princeton the, the entire season, man, so hoping that, you know, they'll prove me right, you know, and get that win, man, and, um, you know, continue to kind of move that win streak forward. But, but um, you also mentioned that San Francisco-St. Mary's game. I think that that is, I mean, <laughs> exponentially uh, important, you know, for San Francisco – uh, to be able to kind of steal one uh, against St. Mary's. If they can get that win, man, I think that we can really start to uh, really mention that four big WCC, man. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if Wyoming can pick off Colorado State, man. Obviously, they only have one loss on the season. You know, as of right now, I think Colorado State is safely in the NCAA tournament. I think San Diego State is, is a team that most people view as the NCAA tournament team. Um, and the way Bowling State's playing right now, I mean, I think they had to be in that conversation as well. So I think right now... They did this last year to us. Last year, they did. Last year to yeah. us. They proceeded they to lose the last three games of the season, two of the season, one in the Mountain West tournament, completely pissed their resume away. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they can do it in March, man. Because last, yeah. that, that that class last year was 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 epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you you're right about that, man. I can't argue with you about that, man. So we'll see what they can do, man. But it'll be interesting to see if if Wyoming can kind of get back into that into that conversation, man, they can kind of get a win there. Because, I mean, they've been winning all year. But, you know, like, like you mentioned, they don't really have that resume-defining win yet. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of steal one against Colorado State. Uh, for sure, man. So, some some, some great basketball this weekend. Obviously, obviously in, the, in the high majors, you got the SEC Big 12 Challenge uh, highlighted by Kansas. Kentucky, that's going to be absolute mammoth of a showdown between those two teams. So, lot, lot, uh, uh a lot of great basketball to look forward to this weekend, man. So get your popcorn ready, man. Get your, get your nice seat on the couch, man, and get ready uh, for all the action, man. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Auto Bid, man. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, uh, as always, man. Uh, we're going to remind you guys to give, you, give us a like, give us a retweet, man. Give us a, a share on social media, man. Make sure you guys are subscribing to our podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, uh, All Facts Media. Copy your merch uh, if you got some, you know, you got some hoodies, T-shirts, notebooks, man, all the above. Link is in our bio. Um, copy your merch this winter, man. I know you guys are cold, man. We got some fire hoodies for you guys uh, if, if you want to go ahead and purchase some on the website, man. Also, um, make sure you guys are giving us a rating, man, on, on Apple Music, man. I mean, on Apple Podcasts, excuse me, uh, Spotify, 
podcast. Five stars only, please, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't do the mid over here. Only the best ratings on the, on this side, man. So uh, if you could bless us with that, man, that definitely would go a long way. And continue to tell a friend, to tell a friend about the auto bid. Always, as always, man, make sure you got a theme with my guy, Pull Up Tay's music. His new project, Why Stop Now, is out on all platforms, man. Make sure you got to tap in uh, to his music, man. want to thank again uh, Desmond Claude for coming on today uh, and talking to us, man. And wish you guys a safe week, safe weekend, man. And enjoy the hoops, man. This is going to be another episode of The All Pull up tape. Take us on out. You bitten on me. It's time to get a check, boy. You want the sideline. You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitten on me. Discussion, what we talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take your last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.